and welcome to Ear Read This, The Foul Papers. I'm Adam. And I'm Ash. Hello. How are you doing, Ash? I'm all right. I'm just faffing around with my mixer, as usual. As usual. Yeah, um, I'm still not a master of this complicated art. Um, how are you doing? I'm, I'm ill. I've, oh, got, yes. I've, got, I've got the lurgy this week. I can see you're leaking everywhere. Disgusting, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Gross. Gross. Yeah. Is that because, I don't know, are you malnourished? Uh, overworked, I think. Over- <laughs> uh, oh, okay. No, it's not the Scottish diet then. It's not oh, for no, funny it's, reason. <clears throat> no, it's, it's definitely the Scottish diet. Oh. I've eaten nothing but deep fried pizza. Yeah. You'll deep fry anything. Oh, deep fry anything. This is like really bad I'm drinking deep. Material. I'm drinking deep fried beer right now. It's great. Deep fried beer. What would you even, how would you even pull that off, do you reckon? They can deep fry ice cream, so. Oh, yeah. Must can. be possible. Yeah. Um, now, listen. Oh. I hope that your plague isn't going to get in the way of doing an amazing show. Oh, um, I mean, it, it doesn't normally. You better just... <laughs> I, you've been hiding the plague pretty well in the, in the previous episodes, I yeah. must say. But I noticed, um, you know how I'm, I'm always on the hunt for, for, for stuff that makes podcasts popular? Yeah, I noticed, yeah. Like um, the true crime segment that went really well the first week. And oh, like so a well second. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I noticed there's another thing that's really popular on, on podcasts. Uh-huh. And this plays right to your strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, like just guff, you know, just like really trivial crap. Well, that's, that's, that's my forte. Well, exactly, because I thought, oh, no, that's not going to work, because I'm such a, like, a serious man. <laughs> too serious for guff. Yeah, I'm, I'm far too, like, like, that's really, really beneath me. But then I thought... Well, I'm a man made entirely of guff. I, I thought, wait a minute, yeah. Who do I do the podcast with? Captain Trivial himself. <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing, I, mean, I don't mean that as an insult, I'm only guessing that you're, that you're very, very trivial. Very, I mean... Just from, like, what you do and say. <clears throat> the only books I own and read are those books of old film trivia. Yeah, and, like, pads and pads of A4 paper... Yeah. That you just smell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I've never actually I've never actually read a, a full novel. Yeah, and I bet when people like break wind, you just like burst out laughing, don't you? That's the funniest thing. Yeah. I mean, I've I was on the bus earlier and yeah. you know, a man got on and sat down and he sort of sat half on, half off the bus and he almost Almost had a little bit of a slip. Oh, it's so funny. I thought you were going to say he farted like half, half on and half off the chair. <laughs> no, that would have been hilarious. I, I found that before. If you, if you perch I'd one... I'd have brought him on the podcast. <laughs> if you perch one <clears throat> buttock on the arm of a chair, you sort of, I kind of like stretch your, your anus a little bit that sort of assists with <laughs> wind. Have you found that? I obviously uh, don't find that at all <clears throat> amusing because I'm a very serious man. Oh, man, and I find it absolutely hilarious, but I've, I have never, never thought of that. Yeah, I, I do think you, there is a certain, you can trick your, <laughs> look at you, just the f- mention of a fart, you're gone, you're trivial, oh. trivial man. See, if I see, like, if I, if I was walking through town and I saw, like, a woman break wind, mm-hmm. you'd fall about laughing. <clears throat> oh, I'd be on the ground. I would just quite firmly shake her and, and inform her that she's become insensible <laughs> and send her packing. The two extremes. Yeah. And if a man farted... And then he fell about laughing or something. I would give him some chilling uh, fact about the prostate, implying that him enjoying his fart so much, like really hammering it out, he has kind of done an injury. And I'd shake him by the hand. Of course you would. And then we'd both fart. Then you'd both fart and fall about laughing again. (laughs) Although him with some melancholy, I think. (laughs) How is this leading into this week's podcast oh, segment okay, after right. all these after all this? I this, was gonna this say what chat. I do when I fart. 
which is nothing at all. I don't because you don't fart like a tree falling in the forest. Oh, you had that, you had that procedure, didn't you? You had well, a muffler put on. If you're referring to my upbringing, which was a <laughs> <laughs> which was a procedure that made me such a serious man, then yes. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> See, what I do is if I'm alone, pay it no attention. Uh-huh. Disdain it. If I'm in public, I will just make some loud comment about <clears throat> geopolitics to cover it up. Like, As don't in, trust the Saudis, <laughs> that kind of thing. At exactly the same time, tone and frequency. Absolutely, yeah. And often odour as well. It is a skill. Really? Yeah. What, what odorous things do you have prepared for us today? Um, right, okay, so... <clears throat> We've established who's the trivial one and who's the serious <laughs> one. I thought I would ask you just a few typically trivial questions that okay. people listening to podcasts love so much. Trivial question number one. If you could be any animal, what would you be? Bear in mind that you keep your own brain. So before you go for the, like, the obvious thing, which is like a lion or a shark, you think <clears throat> about the psychological trauma of having to kill other animals with your face. Mm, with my face. Well, if you're a shark, what else? You know, you know, you don't have a gun, do you? Oh, but so, so I've, I've, I'm not. It's not my face on the body of another animal. It's <laughs> no, no. It's, no. It's, 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 it's my it's brain. It's your brain, but so your face will be a shark's face. <clears throat> well, then I'd probably be some kind of herbivore. I wouldn't have to kill anything. Oh, yeah. I need something a bit more specific than herbivore. I would quite like to be. Oh, I'd like to be a fennec fox. Okay. Is it because that sounds cool? Well, because they're just such chill little guys. They yeah. hang out in the in the in the snow. Massive ears. Massive ears. Do you just want to be dainty? Is that it? I just think I kind of want to be fast enough to be left alone. Oh, I, I'm you meant With to a be tinge trivial of and fun. <laughs> not supposed you, to bring a layer of depth to it. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's actually the wrong answer. If you're a serious person. Oh, there was. Oh, was, was there a correct answer? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's a serious answer, which is obviously a Canada goose. Why is that the serious answer, pray tell? Think about it. You have your own brain, so you're probably clever enough to avoid predation. You're sure. in big numbers. Plus... You're a massive dickhead. What do you mean? Like, visually? You look like a massive dickhead. No, can Canada geese are truly the assholes of the animal kingdom. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because they're kind of like reverse Canadians. <laughs> they're assholes. Total assholes. Yeah. Um, but you also get to enjoy life on the land. Life... In the air, and to an extent, life on the water, like on the pond, swim a bit. So you get to involve, yeah. you get to enjoy different <clears throat> atmospheres. You get to travel because you go from Canada to here and back again, and back again. <laughs> this has been suitably trivial. Yeah. What's uh, my well, next? What's my next trivial that's question? That's seriously trivial. Okay. I was just making sure that you knew you got that one wrong. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Second trivial question: <clears throat> Do you think it's important, Adam, to put yourself out there? Oh, I don't like that one. If yes, how do you do so? <laughs> <laughs> that 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 gives me horrible feelings of, of of business book. Yeah, I think there's too many people out there. I think there's too many people out there. Yeah, some of them need to get back in. Yeah, I think I would. I would. I, th- that's a no for yeah. me. I think. Good. No, that's the right one. <clears throat> Your right answer is no. We used to have things called shut-ins. Oh, you heard about? Oh, it's time to talk about the Japanese again. <laughs> I wasn't trying to bring up the Japanese. There's a there's a subculture subculture subgroup of people in Japan. Oh yeah. Who have become such efficient shut-ins that nobody knows about them anymore. Really? They've shut themselves into the point where they have no family left to look after them, 
and then they'll just die alone. Are they all living together like a con- no. colony? No, so like naked mole rats. No, it's actually really it's it's awfully horribly tragic. Oh come on, Mister Trivia. I think I'm more. I'm thinking I'm more Mister Triviagic today. I'm yeah, trivially tragic. You are. It's all this tragic trivia. I'm interested though, tragic as it sounds. So they, you, you, when you said community. I thought community is in just a, it's become an epidemic it's social become problem. An epidemic, so it really is that just very depressing. Just incredibly depressing reflection on their society. When I said we used to have a lot of shut-ins, I was thinking more like Rochester's wife in Jane Eyre. <laughs> you know, she's no good for the outside world. Lock her upstairs. Keep her out of trouble. There was there was a lot of there was a lot of attic living going on in yeah. the, in the nineteenth century. There should be more. You know, you walk around a lot and you think you are a failed shut-in. <laughs> Get back into the attic. <laughs> That's where you belong. I like the idea of a failed shut-in. Yeah. Too strong to be shut-in. Too strong to be shut-in, yeah. Okay, well, I think you've done quite well so far, if a bit depressing. Um, final trivial question. Mm-hmm. Do you think we should have nicknames for each other on the podcast? You've already thought that one for me, haven't you? Well, maybe. <laughs> what, 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 what is it? Then I'll give you one in a similar tone. Okay. Well, I just thought you know, something fun, something trivial. You could call me something like... The maestro. Okay. Oh, so I, you, I'm with the mixer. And you've, you've come up with your own one as well. Well, yeah, I will obviously insist on mine. Sure, okay. And then I could call you, like, Adam Hussein. Okay, uh, why? Well, I thought you'd find that funny because I was, like, saying, you're a horrible dictator, but I insist you call me the maestro. I, I see what I you're... I trying to self-deprecate a little bit. I see what you're going for, like, but you, yeah. get to be, you get to be Beethoven and I'm a war criminal. Uh, well, yeah. But but because I've insisted on it, it's funny. Okay. But we, we I'm not really going to call you Adam Hussein because by next week I'll have forgotten. <laughs> but you feel free to suggest another. Um, for myself, I'm not sure I can nickname myself. Or for me. Um, I can call you. I tell you what, you name <clears> one for <throat> me, and I'll think of the perfect like sidekick one for me. Sure. So ra- rappers these days. You mean? Yeah. Rappers yeah. these days have a lot of interesting names like um. Childish Latino. That's not one, but you're <laughs> close. <laughs> Uh, I was thinking there's a the guy called Ty, Ty Dollar Sign, and the S is a dollar sign. Ty Dollar Sign. I don't get it. It's, it's nothing, Literally nothing to get. Oh. Ty, do, the word dollar sign, and the S is a dollar sign. I was thinking about calling you Cash Money. Cash Money, yeah, yeah. okay. And, just, and, then I'll, money. and then I'll sort of slip just into Cash Money. Isn't and that then I mean? Yeah. Cash Money. Cash Money. Yeah, Cash Money. Is that, like, is that like Wheel of Fortune or something? Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Okay. I've just heard like say that frighteningly <laughs> and scurried away from the back of the bus yeah yeah scurried away listening to my podcast cool i'll be uh cash money me cash money that'll get annoying after about 20 seconds it was annoying 20 seconds I ago i think we've got about three more goes on it before yep. it becomes illegal <laughs> um and then adam barcode that's uh, fine yeah. i guess because uh, we're sort of in we're sort of then in kind of retaily you know i'm the money we are you're the money, and I'm and I'm, and I'm a drone. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that'll work for this week. Maybe we'll yeah. come up with a different one. <laughs> so, where, where do we go from here now that we've we've trivially opened our trivial podcast? Good question. I think we should do some serious, exciting news. Oh. That we're going to kind of half announce because we're not going to give away. We do actually have some serious, exciting news. We do. And it's not a joke. It's not a joke. Um. What follows will be a complete joke, but this part is uh, is totally real. Yeah, we are, are hoping 
to, in the future, do literary interviews on this podcast. With actual authors. With actual authors who do writing. Um, and also, like, have a mouth, because that's really important. That's really important. They most to... most writers are just hands, but if we can get ones with mouths as if well. If we get the mouth ones, they're radio-friendly. If it's just mouths, there's only so much kind of, like, clapping. Yeah. Just hands, I mean. Yeah. Um, so we've snagged one. We have. With hope. We've, we've, we've arranged one anyway. We shouldn't say snag. Very, very, very excited they were too. Snag sounds like he's in the bathroom. Gagged. No, he's in, he's in the cellar. Yeah, yeah. He or she, should we say. Um, uh, so anyway, I'm, we're going to interview a writer, yeah. the two of us. Um, I'm pretty confident in my interviewing skills. Yeah, as you should be. As my true crime segment, I've been interviewing people to do with the... Um, the aerial crime case. So well, I'm, I'm feeling quite seasoned. You've not really let me in on that, but I see you. I see you over there, hunched over your desk, scribbling away. I really feel like it's not some uh, uh, an environment that where a trivial person would go down well. No, I mean, and I, I, I stare at your corkboard with the red, red string, and it just sort of. Just yeah, makes I use me feel... you for my crime montages, yeah. like when I'm researching in the library, yeah. and you come and like bring me a coffee <laughs> and spill it. It's a like little bit of comedy. You know, Comedy uselessness. Light relief. Yeah. yeah, in between my very serious crime investigation. <laughs> um, so I thought, <clears throat> exciting news for you, Adam, and I'm really sorry to spring this on you. Oh shit, what's happening? I've organised for you a practice interview because I want to know that your skills are up to um, jib. That's, that's a phrase. Yeah, I think it is, up to jib. So what's going to happen? So I've invited an author to come in today, very late notice. Here he is. Okay, um, I've prepared for you a few questions. What oh, I really shit. want you to do, Adam, is prove to me that you're not just going to be a pushover and be really trivial, yeah? Okay. So um, here we go. The author of um, Cloud Atlas is here. Oh, it's David Mitchell. I'm going to go and watch from the back. Not not the TV one. Not the TV one, no. The Word uh, one. The Word one. Um, do you want to just introduce yourself and, and do an interview? Goodness, okay. Well, it's a, it's a big, big name you've sprung on me here just out of the blue. Hello, Mr. Mitchell. Oh, oh, cripes. Hello. (laughs) Okay. um, David, what is it about your books that make them so popular? Uh, Gosh, uh, uh, cripes. Um, That's really a a question for my my readers. Well, I don't see any of your readers here, Dave, to be honest. Maybe you could give it a fucking whirl yourself. Oh, (laughs) heavens to Betsy, I I do grovelingly apologise, Mr. Adam. Answer the damn question! Well, uh, uh, quirky. I mean, all my books do have the most radiantly pretty uh, William Morris sort of covers. That's all you've got for me? Probably the main thing, yes. Uh, but my books all do have a, a shared universe, Mr Adam. Like like Marvel? Like comic books, David? Oh, not as good as that. But my stories are on one level about normal novel stuff, and on another level, about immortals <clears throat> fighting from time immemorial. immemorial. <laughs> Hopefully, that doesn't sound pretentious. Nah, it just sounds really shite, to be honest. I mean, I, I've, I've half read one of your books, Big Big Duck Pond. Black Swan Green. Don't correct me. So- sorry. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and then, then I read Bone O'Clock, which I thought was going to be about humping time, and then you're making solid novel about boyhood into a bloody vampire fight, David. What were you thinking? I can only say I wasn't. Where did, where did it start with you then, writing? Well, well my, my first love was poetry. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I was just drawn to the, to the rhythms and the lyricism. 
How do you feel about rap? Uh, I don't like it. Not for you too aggressive? Yeah, I think I am. All right, that's enough from you. Well, th- thank you very much for this opportunity. Gah, get out. Hey. That went pretty well. I'm impressed, man. Yeah. I mean, he looks... He won't be coming back anytime soon. No, he looks a bit upset. That's the point of an interview, isn't it? To drive them away and then, you know, make them never want to contact you again. I mean, I guess so. Yeah. He does look quite upset, though. Look, he's sobbing. Oh, God, get him out of here. That's just making me uncomfortable. He needs a towel. That's what he needs. He's wet himself as well, David. That's good. We can be, like, good cop, bad cop. Like... Okay. I can be nice and, like, win them over with my seriousness, and then you can... And then I can just smack the head off the table. Smack him. Stab him. Oh, yeah, just give him a stab in. <laughs> well, uh, listen, I haven't prepared a poetry challenge for you this week. But I think they've been a bit rough recently. To be but honest. I've prepared one for you. Oh, tw- shock twist. A shock twist. I've actually done some work for the podcast for once. Well, it's about time you got some revenge. It's about time I, I, I contributed. Okay, so what I've done is, are, are you aware of you have Google? Um, I've met him. Mr. Google. Yeah. I've, um, I've, I've sent away to Mr. Google's postal translation service. Oh, okay. And so I've, I've taken the first paragraph of uh, one of a favorite poem of mine. Right. And I have, I have submitted it through Mr. Google's postal translation service about eight times. Ooh. Through several languages, including but not limited to Haitian Creole, Kazakh, okay. Japanese, Greek, um, South African, yeah. Afrikaans. And what what was that? Like? Is it er, 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 uh, was it Igbo? Igbo. Igbo. Which even I've I've got a master's degree in linguistics, and I don't know what Igbo is. Okay, way way to drop that one. But can you can you identify what this poem is based on the end result of this translation? Can I just ask? Can the language <clears throat> alter the content? So what it will probably do is if a language doesn't have a direct translation, it will take a synonym. Okay. But then that synonym will be the word that's translated in the next language. Yeah. So you're going to end up with something which probably has the right number of words and has a, a same, maybe the same literal meaning, but it's lost all sense of I was going to say, because it's been through Japanese. It's been through Japanese and back out again. You know how that could come out. It's, there's, a, there's a lot of animal abuse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Give, okay, hit it, hit me. <clears throat> The two roads are yellow wood. I do not know yet, and the time traveller I left. I see it as I can. It's in the factory. The two roads are yellow wood. Two roads are yellow wood. That's probably your only clue. Really? That's probably probably the only remnant of the actual poem poem that's left. All I'm drawing is Wizard of Oz. The two roads are yellow wood. Can you read the next? Sounds quite good. I quite like it. I do not know yet. And the time traveller I left. And the time traveller I just left. I just left him. I don't know yet. I see it as I can. It's in the factory. It's a bit David Lynch. It's a bit David Lynch. Yeah. And if he did a song of it, it's like I feel <laughs> This would be like one of those really awkward twenty minute long zoom ins at the end of an episode of Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah. With that doom, doom, Oh, I love that. Two yellow roads. <laughs> <laughs> um You're very effectively stalling for time. Yeah, but do you I know. know what this poem is? No, I've got no fucking Okay, clue. I'll give you a clue. Um seminal seminal American poet. Um are there any of those? There is at least one. Is it Walt Whitman? 
No, it's the other one. <laughs> this 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 particular poem has been used by both major American political parties. Pass. Are you are you giving up? Yeah. I'm gonna okay. Do you want me, do you want me to read you one line out of context from the real poem and see if you can identify it? Maybe you just can don't you read know me this. the first first line, the two yellow because I that oh, well, this, means fuck all. That just gives it away instantly. Oh, is that the title? So I'll just oh, give okay. I'll just give it away. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And I'm sorry I could not travel both. And be one traveller long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Robert Frost. Robert Frost. I always sort of claim him for the English somehow. Is he bloody English? No, he's not. I was about he's definitely to say, not. You know, I, was about to, I thought I was about to do no, another no, no. enormous online photo. I just like to think he is. But oh yeah, I think... I, I, I honestly think that wasn't down to your knowledge of poetry at all that was entirely down to just how much google has fucked with this poem i think it was a bit down to my knowledge of poetry i don't know robert frost that well really but i like i like what i've read this is i read a really interesting book about this one poem Mm. and it was a book about how people have interpreted and misinterpreted this book uh, this poem since it was written really good book of frost of frost yeah really so finally i have that's it that's my quota for the year yeah does it feel good does it feel powerful I feel like I've contributed. I feel like I'm part of something larger than myself. <laughs> Did you just say this is your contribution for the year? Yeah, that's my <laughs> <laughs> Well, get planning for next year. I, I refuse to be <clears throat> out-poemed. So, I've, I mean, I've been doing quite a lot of poetry, actually, recently. I've oh, been yeah. performing poetry around Edinburgh. I've been kind of blowing up on the poetry scene. Oh, yeah. You've probably heard about it. I've heard about you um, combusting on the poetry scene. You, well, that was one night, but you know, it won't happen again. Um, so... I thought I'd just try to get your feedback on some of my work. Oof. This is a poem I've written quite... I'm uh, going to need this. Is that your knees? <laughs> um, this is a poem I've written quite recently. Um, I just want to say uh, it's not personal. Okay. Will you bear that in mind throughout, please? Uh, can I just have the title of the poem? Yes. The Fall of Man. Okay. It was all Adam's fault. Couldn't say no. Or I beg your pardon to the first bit of tit that he saw in the garden. Ignoring the master, appallingly blind, that stupid tall bastard has ruined mankind. God had been good, handsome and flash. He said, I'll call you Adam, dude. My friends call me Ash. God was amazing, but Adam was a dick. And that's, that stupid tall bastard was undone by a chick. I'm Eve, she said, as Adam gawped with interest. Then he made out with his own rib. I think that's incest. That's incest, Adam. <laughs> My accusations hurled. <laughs> My accusations hurled at you, you stupid tall bastard, for the miseries of the world. Oh. What do you think? Budding theologian, are you? Well, yeah. Uh, uh, philosopher. A philosopher. Religious commentator. Yeah. Voice of a generation. Yeah, I think so. Of all generations, in a way. So don't, not, not, not personally? Yeah, there was nothing personal in that. I just wanted, you know, I wanted to do a Bible where does story. It, where does it mention Adam's height in the Bible? Oh, I think it comes up. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, in some of the pictures, he's pretty tall. Okay. You look at him and you, and you know you see the picture of him, you know falling for it. And you just oh you stupid tall bastard, <laughs> you know in all those drawings. Well, that was 
you know, aside from aside from whatever subtext there may be there, that was very nice. Well done, Ash. No, thank you very much. I might I might do another one. <laughs> Back to being like ridiculously trivial. Okay. Here's the as ultimate, we all want to do. Yeah. Here's the ultimate trivial jump off point for you. Yep. Um, have you ever had a, like a nightmare travel story? Oh, several. Yeah. Hit me with your best one, and I'll. Hit you with mine. Do we really want to? Do we want to start with the best ones? All right, I tell you what, I'll go with mine first. You can judge how good it is. Okay, and, and then, then I will, can, I will yeah. gauge one back at you. So this is totally true. This is about two or three <clears> years <throat> ago. Okay, I was. Um, I think I just moved to Edinburgh, so no, like two years ago, and I was um, on a train back from <clears> Edinburgh <throat> to somewhere, and I, you know, there are those seats that you like. You either sit in a two or you sit in a four. Yes. On a cross-country train. Yep. And if you're in a two, you're sort of like semi-adjacent to a four. Yes. They're like slightly, um, they're like slightly ahead of you. Yeah. Okay. You. So I'm in a two and there's a full four next to me. This story, are, they, are they drinking and it's the morning? Oh, it's worse than that. Oh, okay. So it's a really, really busy train. So I assume more people were privy to this, but I had a two to myself because I just put my bag on it and pretended it was someone else's. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you've just you've just revealed a lot about yourself. Yeah, there, I know. I know. It just always do that. It always works. So <laughs> the other thing that sometimes works, and this is so easy, you just pull their tray down, and they assume like someone's like <laughs> midway through a meal. It's like it's their fault if they're that daft. But anyway, oh. so I'm looking across at this four, and I notice. This takes me two looks to notice this, but um, all three of them are looking highly, highly uncomfortable. Like, okay. really uncomfortable. Are they all together? No. Okay. I, I, uh, no, well, <clears throat> that's a guess, but I would guess that four strangers. Okay. Three look very uncomfortable. The guy who's in the corner, sitting kind of in the same position as I am, sure. um, is on his iPad, and on first glance, I thought he was watching something like, like Pokemon. Oh. Yeah. It turns out he's watching hardcore animated porn. Okay. Does he have his headphones in? He has his headphones in, so it's not making any noise, but all three guys have clocked it. I only clock it because I see their, like, reaction. Sure. And it's that kind of, you know, like there's tentacles flying around and people being ravished by octopuses, Mm -hmm. which I'm tempted to make a Japanese comment because I'm fascinated between... That being in both those two things being in their culture, we've gone from trivial to highly specific. <laughs> um, but you know, the, the same culture that will eat an octopus <clears throat> live also fantasise about being ravished by them. That's a complicated relationship they have with the octopus, isn't it? For a man whose self-proclaimed hatred of the Japanese is legendary, hang on a minute. I have only ever attacked Japanese fishermen. I will not have you say that I hate the Japanese. I don't hate the Japanese. I'm fascinated by the Japanese. Just the fishermen. I hate the fishermen's practices. (laughs) And I've been very careful over the podcasts. It is bizarre, though. What what I find more bizarre than somebody just watching it Mm. is the act of watching it on a train. Yeah, so here's the thing. Just in case you're worried that this is going to get very, very graphic, weirdest point... His hands at all times during this story remain above the table. So is is he just watching it for the beauty of the thing? I guess. I mean, I've thought more about his motivation and logic than I've thought about some of my closest friends. Could be a... 
but it got worse. Oh. Because he was so nonchalantly watching it, and his iPad was kind of like <clears> tilted <throat> out a bit like my laptop is now. So it wasn't even like he was trying to, to Not disguise trying to what hide he was doing. It whatsoever. So the, the guy sitting next to him blatantly saw it. The guy sitting opposite him. How do you even manage to get the guy who was opposite you to see what you're watching on your... Well, because the guy who's... I think the, the, the guy who was completely opposite him had just sort of picked up that something, so something was, was up, happening. Something was up, yeah, okay. Um, but the guy who's not opposite him, but next to him, yeah. it was at an angle where he could see it too. Fucking hell, It was okay. really open. He was sort of like slouched on the Might table. Might as well have just propped up on the table for everyone to see at that yeah. point. Uh, so it's silent. And, and the funny thing is, you can't really say anything like that. So I found it funny because I wasn't directly involved. I could just sort of get a good yeah. look. But they clearly didn't really know what to do because they could realise that he was watching porn. But... He had his headphones in, so they couldn't hear it. And he clearly wasn't fooling around with himself. So what do you say? You know, it would be okay if like one of them had their kid with them. And like, can you, you know, can you stop that? Cause... But it's like three grown men, and it was a much younger guy watching the porn. So they maybe felt threatened. I don't know. Like his libido was so high that he needed to f- watch porn <laughs> in between stations. See, now I'm going to be fascinated by that as well. Yeah. What was... There's one final detail before we start theories. You are just layering this. He finally noticed that the three people around him were quite uncomfortable. Is that the point where he pulled the headphones out so everyone could have a listen? No, even better. He just turned the laptop the opposite way around and slouched against the window. Big mistake, though. We're on a night train. Reflection. Huge reflection now suddenly covers much more of the carriage (laughs) of this, like, graphic alien octopus oh, porn this is fantastic that's that's as far as it goes there wasn't any uh, tomfoolery or anything like that i i can think of only maybe two possible explanations for this go on one of which has been blown out of the water by the fact that when he did notice that people had observed him he did make an attempt to stop other people seeing a lax attempt so it, it it's not some kind of dominant thing it's not just he's you he's, know. no he was i mean he was i would his character was he was just absorbed <clears throat> as if he was watching something really intellectually demanding. Well, then maybe there's just nuances to this that we will we won't understand. It didn't look very nuanced. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what do we know? I mean, we know, I mean, we there, know was, we, there was some blurring. <laughs> we know about we know about Shakespeare and poetry mm-hmm. and um, David Mitchell. This is yeah. this 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 is a this is a gap in our in our media consumption. God, can you imagine if it was David Mitchell who'd see that? He'd, he'd have been like, <laughs> oh, quite he got her, you know. <laughs> part part of me thinks he might be, you know, he might be the kind of person who who would do that. Who would do that? Maybe. Anyway, there's my train story. Hundred percent true. That is that is a good one. That is a yeah. very good train story. Now blow it out of the water. Well, I think I could, I could. I, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to beat that in terms of just sheer. Just context. Mm. I could say, "Oh, I was, I was in some far-flung place doing some far-flung thing." Yeah, and I don't, but I still, I don't think that would beat what that, you've just relayed to me. There, that one's a riddle, isn't it? It will always be a riddle. Mm. So, story has to be going to be transit-related. Yeah, I, I, I meant it like, oh, you know how it's always the nutter who sits on the bus. Um, like loads of people have that kind of story, and then some people say, "No, no, I got a good one." Okay, that that I think something that's, along those lines. That's that's the best bus nutter story I've ever heard. Mm. But there was no, there was no, there was no nutting on the bus at all. There, that was very it was restrained. So passive, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I think I can, I can, I can do you one up in just terms of sheer culture shock. Mm. When 
and let me let me just let me just pull my own let me just pull my horn out of its case here so I can just give it a good oh, just blow I've, my own horn I've, a little bit. I've already given you a workplace thing about that. <laughs> um, a few years ago, now me and some of my friends took the Trans Mongolian train. Mm. Mm, I know, get me. I've been on a longer train than you. My train's longer. <laughs> Was there any murders on it? There wasn't actually. Then what's the point? point. Um, no, so we were, it was from Moscow to Beijing, seven days. Okay. In a train carriage that I was sharing with my two friends with no no showers or running water. There was a there was a stove that gave you boiling water and that was it. And we were, after the first day or two, after some people dismounted, we were the only two, only three English speaking people on the train, as far as we could tell. So it got a little bit isolating. Okay. And when it's three people who you may be friends with, but after four days of being in incredibly close quarters with each other, you just want to strangle the shit out of them. Yeah. So this this is the story about how I murdered how my friends. How you strangled your friends. This, this, this and is... And then a Belgian detective. <laughs> <laughs> with an enormous moustache. No, this is the story of me seeking out conversation with the Russian train conductor. Oh, because you were so desperate to get away... To just talk with anybody. Uh, okay. I ended up in a very long conversation with the conductor in the in the catering car. Okay. Who was no English, zero. But what I found out was that all of his knowledge of nationality was entirely stereotype based. Good. As all should be. <laughs> and so he was incredibly hostile with me. If I'd Can all... I just ask? Uh-huh. Sorry to interrupt. No, of course. Did he get your nationality right? No, that's where this is going. Oh, uh, okay. He would sort of throw my food down in front of me and it would sort of go all over the table. And if I wanted something to drink, he'd sort of slam it down in a very comical way. And wow. he was very clearly just upset of me with me being there. And I thought, this is a Westerner thing. He dislikes me because I'm from the West. And I saw what their news stations were like and fuck me, I'd hate the West too. Yeah. And after... We are shits really, aren't we? After, after about a day, oh, fucking decadent is what we are. <laughs> After about a day and a half of this treatment... So can you just pass me another biscuit? Oh, a, a, a biscuit for you, Ash. <laughs> there you are. It was actually a decadent joke, but I will actually have one. <laughs> They're very posh biscuits as well. Um, after sort of a day and a half of this, and I noticed that there's only two things to drink on their, on their drinks list. There is vodka and there is whiskey. And I'd been ordering vodka for a while because I was like, you know, when in, when in Rome, get pissed on the train. Where are you actually? Uh, in the middle of Siberia. Okay. Um, there's also whiskey, mm. and it's not, not, not bad whiskey. It's all right. Okay. And I order some whiskey, and as I'm ordering it, I'm like, "Oh, I'm, that's where I'm from." I'm like pointing at the you know country of origin, says Scotland. It's where I'm from, and he doesn't read the English bit, so I point at the, the Scottish in Russian, and he just lights up like a Christmas tree. And he's like, oh, it's Scottish. It's Scottish. And he starts pointing at me. And through a series of charades and jumping up and down, I realized that he hates the English. He doesn't, he doesn't hate the West. He hates the English. And he hates the English because of football reasons. Oh. And so we get into a very, I know nothing about football, mm. but I was just so happy to chat that I, I spend... Where was he from, sorry? Somewhere in mm. Russia. Okay. We never, he never really got across where in, where in Russia he was from. He was sort of saying he was from near where we were, but I didn't know where the fuck we were at this point. I wonder why a Russian hates the English on football reasons. Well, I know that in 
whenever whenever there's European football, it's always the Russian fans and the British fans that fight that each other. Off. Oh yeah. So I think they just have a long history of. There's sometimes where their teams have been penalised for the behaviour of their fans. Ah. So that yeah. could be it. But we work through it. Then he starts doing me his best um, Australian impressions, which involves hopping hopping up and down the car like a kangaroo. <laughs> he's um he's seen Braveheart at some point, so he does his he does his best imitation of the freedom because that's screen. that's Scottish. That's Scottish. <laughs> he um yeah that's that's Scottish. Um, uh, German was very fun. I can let you fill in the blanks. For that I one. can imagine. <laughs> and his Chinese one was just horribly offensive. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah, I can imagine. And that. then that was it. Like, the dodge- you can do Australia. You can do Australia. You can do France. Germany's starting you to can get do into Germany troubled water. apart from that. <laughs> apart from that, that two decade and a half. Yeah, yeah. And that was me for about four or five hours, just having insane non-verbal chats with this... Man. That's the best kind of nutter on a train story because it's a nutter who turns out to be. It has a happy ending, and he's nuts in a completely different way. And he's also he also works on the train. Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a good twist. That's yeah. A, yeah, you don't. It's not usually the nutter who works on the train that you end up next to. <laughs> mm, nice. Author Chef is back. A new crop of hopeful young amateur writers have won the opportunity to show their skills and become the new Author Chef champion. For me, writing isn't just a household chore, it's almost an art. Sonnets, haikus, meter, and two veg, I call it. That world is gone. I'm young, urban, and not afraid to be non traditional. Well, I'm just this episode's regional pleb. I don't know how good I am, but my wife loves my home writing. Uh, she signed me up for this. Bless her little web toes. These two home writers will have to impress Judge William Sitwell, a literary critic so outspoken and maverick that he lost his Waitrose gig. Today our writers must write well, the way I sit well, like a nice little dog. <laughs> Joining William is Jay Rayner, a man who looks like a Jewish matriarch. William and I are the most outspoken men in England. You're looking very fat, Jay. See what I mean? What I want to see today from our writers is elevated simplicity. No frills, no fancy stuff. All I'm giving them is the humble broccoli. Oh, a beautiful broccoli. Yes, a beautiful broccoli, Jay. All we want is for our writers to write about the broccoli three ways. But what's essential is that the essence of the broccoli isn't lost. No, I still want to feel that beautiful broccoli coming through. The two contestants have 15 minutes to write about broccoli three ways. Your time starts now. Adam is writing a one-act play about the benefits of the broccoli as a weapon. He's serving that with broccoli diatribe garnished with a sprouting broccoli think piece. It's all about writing broccoli in new ways, urban ways, challenging ways, non-patriarchal ways. My writing asks questions and so will my broccoli. Adam. Yes, Chef. Your one-act play is not good. It's exquisite. And I can still feel that beautiful broccoli coursing through it in every word. Thank you, Chef. Because you've made sure every word is broccoli. However, your think piece hasn't set and needs much more vitriol. And I'm afraid your diatribe is a disaster. Sometimes, when you try to do too much, Adam, it just collapses. Pretty gutted. I think maybe the judges just aren't ready for my work. 
but that's their loss. And what have we got here? Ash has served a hearty broccoli yarn, served peasant style with a side of broccoli proverbs, finished with a broccoli joke. Why couldn't the broccoli cross the road? His legs didn't work properly. That's a shit joke, Ash, and maybe you should have left it off the plate. Your proverbs and peasant yarn, however, are quite charming, quite charming. Always nice to see the pleb do well on this show. But what's this? Oh, I've just served for you a, a, a gratin potato on the side, just for a bit of theatre. That's a bold move, Ash. Which dish will the judges vote for? Find out next time on Author Chef. New feature there, Author Chef. Uh, pretty good. Did you enjoy doing the show? It was, um, you know, it was quite a lot of filming. It's quite a huge budget. All those violins. There was a lot of. I didn't. I didn't like. I didn't like the fact I got sort of cattle prodded every time I. I didn't do that accent. <laughs> it's weird that they insist you do an accent, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. I don't. I don't think I was. I don't think I was right for the pigeonhole they they envisioned for me. Yeah. Can I make a really smooth segue? Absolutely. Do you like literary biographies? Um, almost as much as I like home cooking. I don't know how much like you, how much you like home cooking. Yeah, it's yeah. all right. Oh, you're just not that fussed about them. Eh, Ever read a really good one? Um, this is kind of back to trivial questions, really. What's your favourite? What's my favourite literary biography? <laughs> um, you know what? Well, I read that. Um, read that biography of a poem, didn't I? That's oh, a literary yeah. biography. Yeah, yeah. I read a good one about uh, Herman Melville. Nice. I read a book about Hemingway's boat. Okay, I didn't realise his boat got up to much. Uh, it didn't. It's in the museum. All oh, right, good book though. Okay, nice. So yeah, I'll, I'll if I see one I like, I'll have a read. Nice, because um, I'm actually ghostwriting a literary biography at the oh, moment, like that film Ghostwriter. Um, what uh, with you McGregor? Yeah, and he he plays Tony Writer's ghost. Tony Writer's ghostwriter. Tony Blair's Tony Blair's ghostwriter. Oh, is it? Oh yeah, Tony Blair. I forgot about that film. It, w- it wasn't great, was it? It's pretty good, actually. Oh, was it? it? Okay. Um, well, no, it's a bit different because I'm actually ghostwriting um, the literary biography of the ghost of Thomas Hardy. Okay. It's because not many people know what he's been up to post-mortem. Well, how long has he been dead for? Um, well over a century. Wow. Uh, probably going on a century and a half. I think he died... Oh, no, not well over a century, because he was, he was knocking around at the end of the First World War, so <coughs> less in, than a century. To tie in that story I read earlier, I had, I had two books with me when I was stuck on that train. Mm-hmm. One of them was The Mayor of Casterbridge. Oh, really? And the other one was The Sea Wolf by Jack London, both of which aren't the books you want to be stuck with for seven no. days with no options. Which did you go for? Because oh, I read both of them. Oh, did you? Mayor, that- Mayor of Casterbridge was unspeakably boring. <sighs> Just bear in mind, I am working with the ghost of Thomas Hardy. Is he in the room right now? Well, I can't tell you that. I can't divulge that. And also, he wouldn't make himself known to you because, you know. I mean, why why would he? I'm just a a pleb. You're just trivial. I haven't been hired to be his ghostwriter. So anyway, I thought I'd just share with you a little snippet. Just a quick plug. Sure, um, yeah. It's kind of like the diaries of Thomas Hardy's um, ghost. Who's publishing it? Um, um, Penguin. (laughs) We haven't got a publisher okay, yet. Cool. Just, I've told him it's Penguin. <laughs> <laughs> it's Penguin, Tom. <laughs> okay. May 1987. It's rubbish being a ghost. I used to like walking through people and stopping halfway to see what diseases they've got but don't know about. But even that's lost its glow. 
I don't know all the modern diseases. They just look like foreign muck. Now I just wander about, moping, like the ideal protagonist, thinking about agriculture. I tell you what, I was right about agriculture, wasn't I? Everybody skips those bits of my books, though. I've seen them doing it. I shout at them, no, read the 30 pages on agriculture. But they can't hear me. No one can. I tried to be social, went to a disco. That was awful. People were hideous. The atmosphere was crap. The song playing by Michael Jackson was bad. Is there no end to this purgatoire? It's, it's actually quite gloomy. I'm getting quite depressed writing it. Yeah, well, um, so how are you... What, 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 what process are you ghostwriting it? Like, how is he communicating his... Well, he his manifests himself in my study. Okay. Um, usually, <laughs> usually in the fireplace. Okay. And um, he uh, writes sort of... Because it, it's difficult because obviously I can't actually see him or hear him a lot of the time. Okay. So I'm guessing what he wants by sort of shit he does in my... Like if he, you know, knocks a pan over. I okay. think, oh, he wants me to write a bit about pans. Okay. And if he, you know, kills a small animal, I think, oh, he wants me to write about... Are you 100% that's the ghost of... Thomas Hardy. You oh, yeah, I definitely know it's him, yeah. <laughs> sounded a bit like I sounded a bit like Alan Bennett. Oh, <laughs> you mean the voice. I thought you meant just the random haunting. Um, did it sound... No, Alan Bennett. Uh, no, Alan, Alan Bennett's much more like this. <laughs> oh, that's a pretty yeah. good Alan Bennett. Um, yeah. So anyway, I only did that, really, to feed into my quick literary biography quiz. Ooh, another quiz. Really quick one for you. Double quiz. Have we already done a quiz today? We did a trivial quiz about... Trivial oh, of things. course we did. Yeah, shit. I didn't mean to do two quizzes, but anyway, you've got to. I'd love, love a second quiz. Thank you and very much. And now I've set this one up. Um, so all you have to do, I'm going to give you three titles. Guess which one's the right title for the author. Easy. Autobiography of Ian Rankin. Was it called A, Rankin High in the Crime Section? B, Ian on Eon, from Eon to Eon? Or C, Memoir dot doc? Do you know what the worst thing is? What? That third one is exactly what I would imagine his poetry. I'm going to go with that third one. It was. It was called Memoir.doc. He just, he just forgot to give yeah. it a title. But, you know, he's got busy things to do. Whoops, I'm back in AuthorChef. There we go. Uh, next question. Is the autobiography of Carol Ann Duffy A. Sterile and Stuffy, the humorous poems of Carol Ann Duffy, Feral and Puffy, My Life on the Piss, <laughs> or C... Men can't live with them. Pass the nuts. <laughs> I, I notice you go back to the same punching bags week after week. Yeah, I'm very limited. <laughs> um, I think it was that second one, to be honest. Feral and puffy, my life on the piss. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't. It was men can't live with them. Pass, Pass the, the nuts. nuts. Okay. Yeah. Last one. Autobiography of David Mitchell. Was it A, gulp, B, zoinks? Or C, David Mitchell, not the one you like. <laughs> C. No, it was Gulp. <laughs> I think that, I think how that went down is he, his publisher called and said, David, the book, what are we calling it? And he went, and he went, fine, fine. done. Uh, you did pretty well then, I think. Oh, no, I got, got one out of three. You there, got one. That's, that's, that's the worst possible score I could have had. Well, no, it's not. Could have had, I could have had zero. Could have three. had none. I interrupt this episode of Ear Read This to bring you Ariel, one story told with whispery hysteria. 
I'm Ash Caton, and over the past few weeks, I've been investigating the controversial 2016 arrest of Macbeth McCrippen. <laughs> Just saying his name gets me going. I've met Macbeth, and the only thing killer about him is his bum. I saw him sit on a fly. It didn't make it. Since I started my podcast, people all around the world have shown their support for this dangerously good-looking young man. And can I just say right now, if we do get him out, I've got first dibs, girls. The case against Macbeth is at first glance open and shut. He initially confessed to the crime, and he's yet to offer a rebuttal. DNA on the suspect's throat was matched, <laughs> was matched to his hands once they were removed from the throat. <laughs> Strangest of all, numerous witnesses report that they saw Macbeth strangling the victim and gave consistent and detailed descriptions of his technique. My question today is, why would they lie? Here is a recording of my conversation with one of these alleged witnesses, Bonnie McRae. Bonnie, you saw Macbeth strangling the deceased, or you say you did. What or who made you say that? I suppose, laddie. It just felt like the right thing to do. Once I'd seen it, a man was asked. Asked? Who asked you? Why, it was the police. Now this was interesting. So the police were so keen on arresting Macbeth McCrippin, they actually started sniffing around, trying to get dirt on him, when they should have been trying to solve a murder. Bonnie, would you say the police had it in for young Macbeth? Oh, hi. He'd been in plenty of bother before. Pretty crime. A bit of wrestling. The odd murder. Sounds like kid stuff to me. Oh, I Killed a few kids, for sure. And now, don't get the wrong idea, listeners. I had learned from my dealings with the Scottish that he killed a few kids was a colloquial saying, meaning boys will be boys. <laughs> so, Bonnie, after the police coerced a statement out of you, did they ask you... I'm with my narrator voice. So, Bonnie... After the police coerced a statement out of you, did you did they ask you for any other suspects? No. They said they had plenty of proof by that point. Incredible. Would you say Macbeth was a good-looking man? Oh, aye, very fine. But I bet the police didn't ask you about that, did they? Oh, now that you mention it, no, they did not. Fuckers. I feel like you are very close to cracking this case. I'm getting there, man. I feel like the um, the sand timer is running out of that stuff it has inside it. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Uh, dust. It, it escapes me. Yeah. But, yeah, it, um, the noose is tightening, and it's not around the neck of Macbeth McCrippin. It's around the neck of... of you, as far as I can tell, actually. <laughs> Stockbridge police. <laughs> um, so, that's sort, about, sort of it. For this week, but yeah. I just wanted to say one thing and offer you the opportunity to do the same. Mm -hmm. um, I do actually have a, a genuine book recommendation. Holy shit! Yeah, I know because we forget, don't we? That we do a lot of comedy books. We do a lot of like comedy books, yeah. but yeah, I'm just reading a really good book at the moment, and it's called. And I promise, I promise, promise, promise that this isn't a circuitous way to set up a Japanese joke, but it heavily features an octopus. Okay, what are you reading? It's called Other Minds. Oh, no, I've, I have seen oh, that. Have you read it? Yeah. I've, I've not read that one. It's great. 
It's um, really, really good. I have been recommending it left, right and centre and realised that the the way I recommended it, I sort of spoilt it for everyone because it becomes really a kind of an exciting uh, sort of theory. He's a, he's a philosopher, but he know, obviously knows enough about marine biology. See, I, I read the other one. The other one. At Is that the, the actual title? The other one? No, there was a book that came out at almost exactly the same time as Other Minds ah. about a similar subject called The Soul of an Octopus. Oh. Which I've, I read that one. Yeah. And I thought it was all right. But considering you're recommending this one quite heavily, maybe I read the wrong one. It's really, really good. It's, a, it's got the pop science-y thing of like it does, it does a few paragraphs of science and then it throws in a sort of like, um, what do you think, huh? Um, just to sort of make sure its audience is still like bookshoppy enough. Sure. Um, you know, like the way they do the briefest history of time. For you yeah. dodder heads out there who want, who want a clever book on your shelf. Nine to pages! Yeah. Fucking hell! Briefest possible encounter with time. Just, just some pictures. I don't have all day. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's really good. The, uh, the premise is exploring the parallel evolution of an octopus consciousness against our own. That's very interesting. It is. I've got a book recommendation too. Great. I'm reading Autumn by Ali Smith, which is something I've been meaning to get around to reading for a long time. It's been lent to me. Is it good? It's real good. Oh, is it? Real good. Mm. I'm on about chapter three. Okay. And I'm not going to say a single thing about it, but it's great. And You're willing to put that out there. I am willing. Take a hit if someone picks it up and goes. And hates it. What was that Adam thinking? I will, I will jump in front of that bullet directed for Ali Smith. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, very well, good. Well, there you go. Autumn and Other Minds. Two actual books that Two we've read and recommended. <laughs> book recommendations. Um, God, do you want to start doing that? Do you want to start doing a serious podcast about books? Well, I kind, I kind of do that when I talk about Shakespeare. Oh, I suppose, yeah, you yeah. do. And we sort of do it as well when we've talked about Muriel Spark and the thing we're going to do at Christmas. Oh, yeah. Which I keep forgetting if we've actually talked this about This was a very good way for you to plug all the things we're going to do. Yeah, well, I'm not plugging Muriel Spark. That's already done. Um, I quite like but that one. We've got a good... Uh, Christmas special, which is gonna it's gonna be a bit like this sort of feel, but it's also gonna have serious literary stuff as well, and it's gonna have yeah. both of us. Well, considering the the size of the bloody thing that we're yeah, gonna read, yeah, yeah, I very think it very nicely ties together all of the qualities of the podcast in one um, big cozy Christmas cozy package, probably very long episode. Yes. Okay. Well, is that about it then? I think that's all I've got. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, um, see you next time. And so bye. good goodbye from me. Thank you for listening to Ear Read This Foul Papers. If you have any questions you'd like to send us, you can send us an email at earreadthis at gmail.com. You can find us on all social medias under Ear Read This. Thank you very much. <laughs>